Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're talking tackling personal finance with NFL linebacker Brandon Copeland. That's right, Brandon Copeland. He's joining us today on the podcast. Uh, Brandon, he is an NFL player, but he's also so much more than that. He most recently played for our local team, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, last season. But he's won the Alan Page Award for community service, and you know we find his off the field activities even more fascinating. He he runs a nonprofit football camp called Beyond the Basics that not only teaches kids the technical skills of being a great football player, but also helps them to reach their full potential off the field as well. He has a financial literacy course called Life 101 that he teaches at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, he's got a couple of real estate companies as well, so it's uh, safe to say that Brandon he truly is an entrepreneur, and we are. Are excited to talk all about that uh, and more today. Brandon, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here and super excited to talk shop. And uh, yeah, I'm always learning as well, too. So I'm sure I can learn some things from some of uh, your own pursuits, but also some of the amazing guests you all have had. So thanks for having me. 
Yeah, man. No, we're glad to have you. And yeah, I, I agree. This is going to be a, hopefully a mutually beneficial conversation. And I, I kind of got tired actually while listening to uh, Matt read your bio. I'm like, um, okay, Brandon does like way what more than I do. this guy done yeah. while also training and like yes. at the pinnacle of working physical out six fitness. hours a day. And I'm like, I'm very lazy. That's what I got after reading that. <laughs> but the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show, Brandon, uh, what I am doing, I guess, while you're working out and stuff is drinking beer. Um, so yeah, definitely that's means I am lazy, but that's one of the things Matt and I, we, pri- we prioritize. We're like, we're going to spend good money on good beer in the here and now while we're also saving and investing for the future. So what's that for you? What's your craft beer equivalent? What do you not mind spending a good deal of money on, you know, while you're still being smart with your money? Yeah, I think for me, you know, this is something I've battled with for years is kind of getting rid of my own money anxiety. It's just always fearing not having enough, not having enough and being that NFL player that goes broken. And over time, I've been able to mm. get comfortable devoting money towards memories. So that's the biggest thing that I'll say. So for me, travel experiences, right, those things that like. I can never go back to the time I proposed to my wife. I can never go back to our honeymoon. I can never go back to certain moments, right? Our children's birthday parties, all of those things, right? And and so for me, those are the things that I will spend an inordinate amount on. And I don't, honestly, it might not even really be an inordinate amount, but those are the things where I don't care what the price is. It's go ahead and let's etch this in stone and etch this in our brains forever. And it's well worth it every single time. I love it. It's, it's important to put your family first. And it's important to think through some of those memories that uh, that are, that are going to last long after my newest iPhone breaks. <laughs> right. 100%. <laughs> Bites yeah. the dust. Yeah. I think uh, my, my wife and I came to that revelation, uh, I think maybe earlier this year, actually. Um, but I, I just kind of told her, like, you know, when has there been a time where we spent money on ourselves like on something that we genuinely love and genuinely like to do, right? Not, not having to do with anybody else that we look back mm. and said, oh, that was a waste of money, right? Like whether mm. it was a vacation, whether it was a trip, whether it was an upgrade on something, right? Like there hasn't been too many times. And so we're naturally, we're just naturally frugal people. Like we're naturally very, you know, uh, cost sensitive or, or cost conscious, I should say. And so for us to like push ourselves to buy things that we like and value, uh, we actually literally have to encourage each other or buy it for each other. So uh, by the time we end up spending on some of those major memories, so to speak, uh, I think it probably all balances out. But I think, like you said, the moral of the story is you have to find what that is for you and make sure that you're you're budgeting appropriately for it or you're you're allocating appropriately for it right man we, we should have named this episode titled it the, Fr- the frugal footballer <laughs> because, uh we're learning more of this about you cope but uh yeah. let, let's talk about the nfl because uh i mean specifically we kind of want to talk about your grandfather because it's it's kind of a, a family legacy for you Is, isn't that right yeah yeah that's my my hero right there yeah i mean shoot my granddad um, I'm sure you might have certain questions, but you know, I, I think that one of the things I always like to highlight about him is is his story is literally that out of a movie, right? Like one of those crazy movies that you'd see of rags to riches stories type of thing, and, and it's definitely impacted my life tremendously. But um, just the person he was impacted my life tremendously. You know, I did a TED talk about him, and and he grew up and his dad passed before he was born his mom got struck by lightning in front of him when he was five right and so literally growing up we never like we in our house i just don't play with lightning you know and it's funny i used to go to other kids houses and stuff and people were like you know lightning was just like oh it's just a lightning storm and you know keep it moving but like in our household 
growing up, it was such a fear of lightning because of his traumatic experience as mm. a five year old. You know, um, long story short, he ended up going to live with uh, an aunt by blood, uncle by marriage. And the uncle was abusive. And so, you know, one time he, he forced my grandfather to eat a rat. And my grandfather at 13 years old in Mississippi ran away. You know, had the, mm, the gumption man. to run away uh, in the 50s in Mississippi, right? Which you can only imagine. Cool. And so through all of those trials and tribulations, still finds a way to go, you know, get A's and B's in high school and, um, you know, without two parents, right? And and, and go to, co- he went to junior college and ended up going to Jackson State University. Um, shout out to Deion Sanders and what he's doing over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, you know, obviously make it to the NFL, play 11-year career. But um, one of the things I always valued about my grandfather was the person he was like you would never know and understand his history or his background by who he was on a day-to-day basis and how he made everyone in the room feel loved and everyone in the room feel appreciated and, and all of that stuff, right? Like there was never an excuse or there was never a woe is me or, or anything like that. And so for me, I was able to take that and look at my own life and the own obstacles that I faced. And I look at him like, well, this is nothing in comparison to what he <laughs> has overcome. So, sure. you know, it, it definitely allows me to approach life with a different perspective. And, and that has, you know, obviously that has nothing to do with even football. But I mean, I guess it, it definitely has its uh, parallel in terms of just dealing with obstacles and, and getting through them and and ultimately, you know, making sure that you are a better person in society as a result of them. Man, hearing you talk about him, one, it's just to hear what he went through, and, and but then to hear how it impacted you is just incredible. It, it just makes me think too that legacy is such an important thing, the legacy that we're leaving for those who follow behind us. And so often, even as personal finance nerds, I think too many of us think in terms of the the financial legacy that we might leave on people, Mm. but there's so much more that we can leave people beyond money. Right. And And it sounds like your grandpa did that. Right. Yeah. Going back to your, your splurge, Brandon, I mean, you're talking about memories and that's what you, this is what you have from your grandfather. Like, like he sounded like he was focused on those intangibles, those things that go beyond just the, the dollars and the cents. Yeah. uh, Yeah. I think that that's one thing that I try to talk with my wife about my wife, Taylor about, and, and especially with our kids, you know, in the movie, Uh, Black Panther, there's a quote in there, and I'll probably butcher it, so forgive me, but uh, one of the things he says, a a father has failed as a father if you don't prepare your children for your death, right? Mm. And which is such a profound, profound thought, right? Like, and so, yeah, I can hand you a bunch of money, I can hand you assets and all of that stuff, and that's great, right? Like, it's, it's beautiful, but that's you can lose it and you can squander it if you if I haven't taught you how to say, you know, please and thank you and how to respect everybody in the room and how to work and navigate a room and how to be self-confident in yourself and how to deal with obstacles and how to deal with battles and how to deal with success, how to deal with victory. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because to be honest with you, you know, like we, we know. Right. Money is, is important. It is a, a vehicle. It is a tool. It, it is not everything. Although I know people say money doesn't buy you happiness. It it buys a lot of things that can help make you happy I will say that right I, I don't sure. think it buys happiness at all um, but but you guys get my point there but I think for me my grandfather and my, my mother and, and parents as well instilled different things in me that I want to make sure that I instill in my children because I feel like success is about the mind right success is about mm. you want to know that you know hopefully 
you know, we all in heaven looking down on our children and, and we can say like, oh, they're going through something right now. Okay, well, it might be a little tough to watch. However, I feel confident that my, my, my I have two boys. My boys are going to get through this, right? Because mentally, I've trained them for, for war. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of what I've been fortunate to take away from my grandfather and, and again, just other mentors and, and role models throughout my life. I love it. Yeah. And we actually, I, you know, we are going to get to some more mindset like questions, but let's, let's kind of dive into uh, what most folks are probably talking to you about. Let's, we want to talk about the NFL. Uh, you were undrafted, right? Like out of college, like how, how difficult is it to, to make it this long in the league? You know, when you weren't picked by a team uh, coming right out of college? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a battle. <laughs> I will say that right, yeah. you're the Speaking lowest person. War, right? the, <laughs> yeah, you're the lowest person on the totem pole. And, and um, while there are a lot of undrafted players who are on NFL rosters and who have had a lot of success um, in the NFL, you definitely start at the bottom of the barrel, right? And so when, you know, let's talk money for a second here, right? As an investor, right, when you put money into a company, you want to see that company do well. So as a GM of a team or a team, I've put money into my draft picks, right? I've invested in my draft picks. I want to see them do well because one, that's what I'm measured off of. Two, I'm investing the owner and the team and the city's money, right? Um, so I want to see that player do well before this undrafted player who I haven't really put that much of a financial investment behind um, does better than the player that I've paid, you know, a million dollar signing bonus to half a million dollar signing bonus to um, to begin their NFL career. And so that's some of the politics uh, that you work against as an athlete that a lot of people don't necessarily understand because you just think, oh, everybody's in the NFL. It's all gravy. It's all good. Everybody has an equal opportunity. Um, and again, you know, I, I wouldn't change it for any any reason. It's not a woe is me. It's just just so that you guys, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about money here and, and the audience understands that that's the, the battle that you're up against as an undrafted free agent. It's like, hey, I can play football and I can show you this. But, you know, I've also understand that there's been an investment made with some other player I won't say against me but with other players that you'd rather see be successful because that that makes you look like a genius you know and so yeah it's part of the game part of the process but as an undrafted free agent I'd say you know some of the biggest things it's similar across the board you just have uh similar across the board whether you're drafted or, or undrafted but just drafted players I think you have a little more tolerance for growth and and to make mistakes because uh, there is that investment behind you undrafted you can't make a mistake right like hmm. you, yeah. you you don't make the same mistake twice <laughs> yeah you make it three times <laughs> you, don't, you, you don't might get not the chance there. to exactly yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah and then you have to make a little bit uh, you have to make a lot out of a little bit of reps right so like uh nobody is thinking that the undrafted free agent from Penn is is the guy that's going to turn their franchise around right so in those first training camps and preseasons and all that stuff you know you might be getting two out of the 40 some reps at practice and so in those two reps you got to make a play and you all know mm. football right like the ball might not be going your way like you there might not be any play <laughs> for you to actually physically be able to make and so that's one of the toughest toughest battles as well too because it's it's like what they say you know dedication equals uh hard work plus patience or you know persistence and timing and all of those different things it's like the only way to make it is by a lot of of luck and blessing and then also just having a a, a crazy um mental belief in yourself 
because mm. it definitely gets tough. Well, talk to us about like the idiosyncrasies of NFL contracts too, because sometimes you can sign um, uh, what's reported in the papers as this big deal, but not all that money is guaranteed. And so how does that work out? Because at times that that's pro- probably part of why the popular perception is that NFL players and, and granted some NFL players do make a ton of money, but th- that is why some of the guys, particularly in that undrafted position, maybe they don't make as much as we think they make. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it's uh, it looks really, really good. The headline looks really, really good. Um, right now, that's what you see is a lot of battles for guaranteed money. So just for those at home, right, like you don't just the, the top line number is not actually guaranteed. So here, prime example, when I was signed to the Baltimore Ravens my rookie season, they called me right after the draft and said, hey, Cope, we're going to sign you undrafted, blah, blah, blah. Technically, at that point in time, I signed a three-year, $1.45 million contract. So literally, I'm on Penn's campus. Uh, it was Penn Relays that night, I remember. And technically, I was a millionaire on paper, right? But I only saw 24000 of those dollars before being fired for the first time. And there was no guarantee for me to mm-hmm. get my money or anything like that. So um, like you said, the the contract structure is a a bit different in the NFL it's different for every player as well too Um, and so the biggest thing for me as well you know that's why I was always extremely conscious of uh, my spend and my money and also just understanding that this is you know NFL stands for not for long this is I cannot take it for granted (laughs) and I I can't bank on a check I can't bank on oh I'll do this for the next five years of my life because what if I you know what if I have an injury or what if I, you know, pop a shoelace and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I stub my toe and I bleed out, you know, I always joke like that, but, uh, <laughs> but ultimately, you know, ultimately <laughs> you, you get the point. It's like, it, the it's like transformers yeah. more than, more than meets the eye with those contracts, so to speak. So you definitely need to read the mm-hmm. fine print. Yeah. I mean, 24,000, like that's not a lot of money that you nope. got before, no. before getting cut. So did you have more of a frugal mindset then before, like while you were in college, like were you always kind of wired that way or did it take you not sticking around with the Ravens? Was it that experience that caused you to realize, oh man, I got to live on less than yeah, I make? Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's time to be a little more, a little more cautious with how I'm spending my money. Yeah. No, I was always, I was always frugal. Uh, is the word we're using right so I I was always frugal just because of just my natural upbringing right like my mother was very conscious that like tomorrow isn't promised and that check isn't promised unless it's in your bank account and then I became even more uh, I I won't say frugal but focused when I came into the NFL just because I saw I, I, I saw my grandfather right like he came from a time where they had to work two jobs in the offseason like Johnny Unitas was his quarterback Hall of Fame quarterback he was a substitute teacher in the offseason same as my grandfather right like Johnny Unitas' hmm. first contract was for seven grand it's in the Baltimore Sports Museum right like it was just a different time hmm. and so not that you know I fe- felt like I had to go into the NFL and work multiple jobs but I also understood that like this wasn't what I'd be doing for the rest of my life because I get to see my grandfather and and so I remember actually literally I remember one time back then Snapchat was huge at the time and and I remember um, some of the rookies with me in that draft class in that that year they were over at there's this mall Owings Mills Mall which anybody from that area knows that it was like a dying mall and I remember just seeing on Snapchat like a bunch of the rookies going through and they're like literally taking selfies and acting like they like buying up the mall and all that stuff and in my mind I'm like I know that this is like a dying (laughs) mall like it's not even you know 
really that good. And I also understand that like none of us really have money like that at this point, you know? And so I just remember, you know, okay, I'm gonna just stay in my lane. Like that was like one of my first lessons of like, let me just Mm, stay in my lane and and be myself and, and we'll see where, you know, where, where, uh, the, where we all end up where the dust settles, so to speak. And at some point you, you start making a regular paycheck. You start, you start get you've been in the NFL now for a number of years, but even still you kind of inhibited the amount you were able to yes. spend. You, you were living on just like 10% of your salary yeah. at some point, right? What, what made you go to such an extreme with your savings? And I guess I'm curious too, how hard is it to live like that in a culture <laughs> where fancy stuff, yeah. new cars, like uh, those sorts of trips to the mall, where those sorts of displays of wealth are normal? Do you seem do you, do you seem like a complete quirky oddball in that sort of setting? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, yeah, definitely people are, are, are surprised when they, they meet me. Um, but I think for me, so so we, we started teaching a class called Life 101 uh, years ago at, at Penn, and we, we teach it to the public now, just basics of finance, right? We got in high schools and, and everything at this point, we're, we're continuing to grow that platform. But the first lecture specifically is on starting to identify your why and starting to identify what matters to you from a, a life standpoint. Right. What you want to be remembered for and legacy, as you guys mentioned earlier, but also just from like a money standpoint. And so for me, when I think about my why and I think about what's important, right, like to me, it isn't the chains. It isn't the cars. It isn't the dopest shoes or anything like that. It's not to say that I don't want nice stuff. It's just I don't necessarily it doesn't make me feel like more of a man or a better person just to have like a bunch of diamonds Mm -hmm. on my neck or or in my ears or whatever. Right. So now that I've identified that, I can make sure that I'm also making my spending uh, in alignment with that. What, What I really like is financial freedom. And what I've really been chasing since high school is financial freedom, which for me, the only way I can get that is through investing and and buying assets and and things of that nature and and building an empire and so for me I understood that having an NFL salary is you know a once in a lifetime opportunity and I also also looked at it as as startup capital right so what can I do with this money I like it to go put it into assets or put it into businesses or invest to make the best best investment of all time and invest in myself enough to make sure that this money that we are making today is just, you know, uh, hopefully I can look back at it years from now and laugh at it. Right. And that's just part of me being a competitor. It's not to be offensive to anybody or anything like that. But years ago in, in college, I made a rule to myself that, you know, I never want to take a step backwards in earnings. And I, literally, I started working a j- job at Walmart, night shift, 7.45 an hour, but I worked night shift, so they had to give me 8.45 an hour, right? And ever since then, freshman year, I've only increased, increased, increased. And so the goal for me is like, well, in order for me to do that the right way, I got to take as much as I can and I got to put it to work for me. And so that's the reason for the, the crazy savings amount. But it's hmm. also just me not wanting to have to depend on an NFL team to like me or, you know, anybody else to put food on, on my family's plate. That's right. Yeah. You got to put that capital to work for you. Brandon or cope, I should say, this is all good stuff. And we actually want to, we've got a couple more questions about the NFL, but we're going to talk about investing and, and yeah, making sure that you are putting those dollars to work for you. And we will get to all of that right after the break.
When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. 
All right, we're back from the break. Still talking with Brandon Copeland, or Cope, who is an NFL linebacker, and clearly, just from the first 20 minutes of this conversation, um, just has a ridiculous amount of personal finance intelligence. And, and Cope, I guess one question I have, like I asked maybe about you being an oddball or an outlier in the locker room, but do those guys ever come up to you in private and they're like, hey, it turns out I'm, I'm not doing so good with my money. How do you do it? Are, are they picking your brain about personal finances on the reg? Yeah, all the time, actually, all the time. I mean, the the oddest requests now, which are awesome, to be quite honest with you, are literally in the middle of games at this point. <laughs> um, really? Yeah, I'll be going against an opponent. I remember uh, two times in particular really stick out because they're, they're funny. I actually was able to show my wife on, on film. Uh, but one time I was with the Patriots and, you know, dude comes up to me after, you know, a play. And I'm thinking in my head, you know, I'm in football mode, so I'm in my head like, okay, <laughs> let's let's is we about to talk some trash, we about to, yeah, y'all, yeah, yeah. you know, let's go get face <laughs> to face, let's do this, me. yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and he comes up and says, "Hey, Cope, like, man, love what you're doing. Uh, I'm trying to get into some real estate. Would love to talk to you after the game and it's all season, blah blah blah." And I'm like, we're like close to the sideline, uh, and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like. I'm in savage mode, so I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah cool, yeah. We, we could do that. But I'm also in my mind, I'm like, well, Bill Belichick is probably right over my shoulder, and he probably <laughs> sees this is too friendly of a conversation. I need you to get <laughs> right. away from me. Get away from yeah. me now, you know? Uh, it's not baseball where they have those, like, conversations at first base that are, like, super sweet and stuff. It's like, yeah. no, football isn't like that. This, this is about you tearing his head off. That <laughs> is hilarious. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that caught you off guard where you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. How is it that you're thinking about <laughs> investing in real estate? How is it you're thinking about your future when right. you just hit me really hard? Man. Just call me next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like it's it's such a dichotomy, but it was it was that it's awesome funny. though, it, and it's happened multiple times at this point, and it, I think it shows obviously where players' minds are, right? Which is great. Like players' minds are in a good way of like their longevity and their future and things of that nature. And we've also we host courses. Um, and Zoom webinars and networking events with athletes and entertainers now and, and stuff. But but yeah, that, that one in particular was pretty hilarious because it was the pandemic season <laughs> as well too. So there was no one else in the crowd or yeah, in the Yeah, there's no crowd noise and or I'm anything, like, huh? They can hear you, brother. You gotta, you gotta back <laughs> away from me. You know <laughs> that. I love that, man. That's that's a good. Well, I mean, your reputation goes before you, man. Like that's that's what that points to it points to the the good work that you're doing off the off the field i mean do you do you feel like that there is this shift because i feel like for, for the longest time it seemed like a lot of players were going you know they would play for maybe a year or two their knee pops and all of a sudden they're they're bankrupt right like they're penniless do you feel like that there's a, a shift does it seem like that there are more nfl players who are maybe being a little smarter with their money who are thinking a little more long term yeah 100 percent. i think that one that that documentary highlighted a lot of things but uh, for for NFL athletes in particular and just athletes in particular so no one wants to be on the the part 2 of it right um sure. but two people are understanding their platform a lot more you know and i was fortunate when i came into the NFL to to be around some amazing people amazing mentors amazing vets as we call them right and i saw you know, Glover Quinn, for example, he, I think at that time he was in year six or seven pro bowler and all of that stuff. And he'd be at his locker with a bunch of cameras around him and he'd be wearing a hat with a logo on it that I'd never seen before. But in his locker in the cubby, he would have different brands and different things of that nature. And I'm like, what is like, what are these? He was like, oh, these are the companies I invest in. 
So, you know, I'm going <laughs> to mm-hmm. go ahead and get them some free marketing because it's going to increase my my value. Right. Like. Yeah. And, and so, wow. OK, you're thinking differently. But for me, you know, I probably would never have had if I did not have that experience then it would have prevented me from creating this whole business model that I have or one of the legs of my business model that I have with my consultancy group, for example. So, you know, you're, you're only as, as good, so to speak, as your experiences, right? And what you're able to listen and learn from it. And then obviously your execution has to be clean after that. But there's so many guys doing some amazing things now and, and it's just exciting to see. We talked about fellow players getting advice from you, but what about financial advisors? And I'm curious to know what your take is on that. And it seems like, I don't know, I've heard a lot of stories of people, shark-like people preying on you know, young NFL players who signed the big contract. So what, what, what advice do you give to NFL rookies? Or, and just kind of how do you think about that financial advisor space in general? Yeah. So the first piece of advice I always say is um, learn how to say no. You know, I think it's one of the toughest things in the world. And and that's not even like this is financial advice for you just as a person and in general. And and you come to the NFL and now even with NIL money, you know, some guys in college are making more than some NFL guys. Right. But you need to learn how to say no and and become a, a business man or woman like ASAP. And what I mean when I say that is, you know, you've worked your entire life for money. And I want to make sure I frame this properly. You've worked your entire life to make it to the NFL, which part of the reason why you did that is for the money, right? Like, yeah, you want the platform and all that stuff. But most of us dream of being in the NFL because we think you're going to get fancy cars and you're going to show up and it's going to be fans just waiting for you everywhere you go and all of that stuff, right? Um, Mm -hmm. But when you get to the NFL... You, you leave college and you might meet an agent and, you know, you might have known that agent for six months or so. And then you hand your entire life's work over to that agent slash a lot of guys they get introduced to their financial advisor through their agent. Right. Because that's their most trusted resource coming into this new chapter in their lives. Right. And so it's like for me, I've been playing football since fourth grade. So. And I've been genuinely working harder than everybody since fourth grade. I haven't always wanted to go to the NFL, but I remember being overweight in fourth grade and running around my house in trash bags and stuff like that and doing extra running (laughs) and doing extra things just to make weight to play every single week in rec league, right? Hmm. Um, And so for me, I try to let young guys know, like, you've been investing for this your entire life like yes you're getting a big payday today but you've worked harder than everybody else and you've invested in yourself you said no to parties you said no to bad obstacles and and different things so that you can be here so what how crazy does it sound that you just make this huge lump sum of money you just hand it over to somebody and just turn a blind eye i think that that's absurd and so (laughs) for me um, you know, I just always tell people, listen, you've worked your entire life for the money. You got to work twice as hard to learn how to save it and three times as hard to learn how to grow it. So simply put, mind your business, right? Like check in with your financial advisor, right? If you're going to ha- hire a financial advisor, work closely with them or closer with them. Um, have conversations. Make sure they're educating you so that you can eventually check what's going on in your portfolio. Because unfortunately, I've seen way too many f- players taken advantage of, right? Way too many charges on statements that are erroneous, right? I've seen guys charge thousands of dollars for text messages, 
right and literally just correspondence with advisors and that's Hmm. if you're not minding your business you will potentially fall victim to that um it's not to say everything will be perfect when it comes to money i'm making mistakes right now everybody's making mistakes warren buffett's making mistakes right now and that's okay but you never want something that you worked your entire life for to just uh fall victim to your ignorance or you just turning it over to somebody with a blind eye and just thinking that they're going to have supreme intentions for your money because nobody cares about you the way you do. That's right. Yeah, it definitely takes a a level of of personal responsibility there. And you're talking about investing, you know, with with the work that you put in to get to the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um, But on that note, you've said before that when you when you came into the NFL that you were investing, but specifically you were day trading. Uh, And so we're kind of shifting gears here. Like what's your investing strategy these days? Folks who listen to our show, they know we're all about index Mm -hmm. funds. Super boring. Uh, but, but, <laughs> but super <smart>. cheap, <laughs> but super cheap, and very widely diversified. But yeah, I, w- I would love to hear how it is that you're investing your money these days. Yeah, so I am with you guys. I'm looking for boring. Yes. Boring makes money. Plain and simple. Boring makes Good. money. So that's, that's what I'm looking for. Awesome. One is is less stressful. Um, you know, you, if you have a long term perspective, I think that that's obviously what what you know differentiates a lot of different. Um, investment advice so to speak but if you have that long-term perspective for me it is let me put this away in in certain companies that i believe will be here apple the amazons of the world right index funds i i do like picking stocks um, from time to time but i try to you know the stocks that i do pick i try to pick things that are literally changing my life right and and an example of that i, I my wife's birthday was a few weeks ago and i Silly me forgot the tablecloths for an event. We were doing a little event, renting out a little space. And, you know, it's my first birthday with my wife since fourth grade because usually I'm in training camp. And so I'm like Mm. literally, well, it's my first birthday ever with my wife. I didn't know my wife in fourth grade. So I'm like, you know, I got to go all out here, (laughs) you know. And so anyway, I forgot the tablecloths. You know, your boy forgot the tablecloths. And so I literally get on Amazon's app and they can get the tablecloths there in like, eight hours or something like that. I'm like, this is life changing, right? Like the fact that in my mind, <laughs> I naturally decided to say, you know what? I forgot tablecloths. Instead of me going to the grocery store and getting them, let me see if Amazon can get them to me, right? That is, that's something remarkable, right? And so those, if I'm going to invest in a company or a stock, it's got to be something that has literally changed the way we do business as people, right? The way we operate as human beings and and that's the only thing that's attractive to me outside of index funds. But other than that, I think you guys are 100% right. It's like index funds, set it and forget it. It has this diversification book, booked into it. If you buy it today, you know, it should be up 5, 10, 20 years from now. And if not, then we might have a bigger problem, to be honest with you. That's exactly right. Well, you mentioned your, your wife, Taylor. Hope I hope that birthday panned out well, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It did. Good. The tablecloths got in. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Amazon delivered in the clutch. Well, and, and you, you, you guys invest uh, in real estate together, right? You guys do have a couple of real estate companies um, yes. that you hold together. So what is what is your real estate investing look like? So we're doing the yeah. index funds, a couple individual stocks here and there, but yeah, what's that real estate uh, piece look like? Yeah, so we, um, well, one shameless plug, we, we got a show coming out on Netflix pretty soon here called Buy My House. So, nice. you know, I'm excited about that. We graduated from doing flips. We did residential 
uh, single family flips for years. And basically what we did, and, and you know, when you mentioned index funds and, I, and you said boring, and I said, hey, boring makes money. I, I'm always looking to figure out how can I do this more efficiently so I can get my time back. And so now what we're doing is we are developing buildings from the ground up. So we have a 41 unit building in Newark, New Jersey, downtown Newark, New Jersey, right across the street from two high schools and a library. Uh, we're building that up right now. We have a 66 unit building, the uh, largest, it's 100% affordable housing, largest affordable housing project in, in downtown Newark, New Jersey. Um, that'll be going up Q1 2023. Uh, we have a 16 and a 12 unit. And then we also are now doing land development. So basically buying acres, acres of land and doing uh, commercial land development. So either partnering with developers where they're building uh, like for one plot, we got 900 units being built. Another plot, we got McDonald's wants to be a tenant, Wawa, Circle K. Okay. Um, not shouting out these companies or anything like that. There's no sponsorships here. But more importantly, it's like just trying to find ways to level up where now it's simpler. Now it's boring. Now it's McDonald's 20-year lease. I don't have to necessarily worry about, you know, the the pipe bursting because it's triple net or I don't have to necessarily worry about them moving out after five years because hey it's 20 years from McDonald's yeah. right or Tesla or whomever so yeah we've been in the development space for a while now and I think that that's where we're going to continue to push but uh, again plain and, and and boring what I want to get into are parking lots and storage units boring hey. Sounds really simple, <laughs> but I've never heard anybody complain about their parking lot space, right? And I want to basically tell my children, listen, every 50 years, repaint these lines and don't mess this up. <laughs> Just don't mess it up. That's all you got to worry about. <laughs> I think that's such an important thing, though, as you start to as you start to make more money or and you accrue wealth because you've just consistently spent a whole lot less than you bring in and you invest it wisely. You, you, at some point, you start to think, well, how can I how can I make my life a little bit easier, even if maybe the returns aren't quite as good? And I think that's an, quick, an okay question to ask. I think it's smart because at some point you can't do it all, right? And you can't flip uh, 10 houses in a month. Like that just becomes too much for you to manage. So, okay, how can I do this that makes it actually a little bit more passive? So I like that you're thinking that way, Brandon. You got a lot, you got a lot on your plate <laughs> playing football, invest in real estate, doing all mm-hmm. the stuff you're doing. But we've actually got a couple more questions we want to get to you, including what it looks like to pass on that financial education to the next generation. So we will ask a couple questions on that and more right after this break. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. That's why you listen to this podcast. And if you're looking to upgrade your wallet, you need to turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. If you're paying for vacations with whatever card is in your wallet, you could be missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. You can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade, lounge access... Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations 
get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we are back from the break. We were talking with Brandon Copeland, better known as Cope. You know, we, we talked through the NFL. We talked about investing. And Cope, you know, you were just talking about having your kids not mess it up, not messing up the lot. <laughs> make sure you got to repaint those lines on the, you know, on the parking lot as you simplify things. But yeah, like what about impacting kids with with better financial education you know because you've got a couple little ones there like how do you think about specifically how do you think about building wealth uh when it comes to passing that on to your kids how, how is it that you're thinking about legacy yeah so i'm thinking one like i said mentally right like i want to make sure that they can start from the bottom and pull themselves out of any hole right so that's the most important thing to me um then two financially first is is like you said the education a lot of us want to go hustle and work and then pass everything to our children. And I want to do the same, but I also am very conscious being an educator myself that like, if I don't teach them how to 
make money or what a stock is or have them sitting there and watching, you know, CNBC and different things early, then all of my hard work is for nothing because they'll just lose it. Right. And shoot, then I, I might as well spend it myself. Right. At that point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Fortunes, fortunes are made, but then they're often uh, uh, just kind of frittered away by the next generation or two. One hundred percent. And so uh, so for me, that's where we're starting is is I'm a three year old and a nine month old. So we're very early on in this process. But I do have an eight year old niece and nephew. And so like one of the things when they're over how the house, we're quizzing them on, hey, what's the stock? You know, and, and for me, I'm a big believer in earning everything. Um, you don't have to earn everything. Like, you, you can eat breakfast for free around here, right? But, like, but ultimately, <laughs> right, like, I want you to, you want ice cream, we want ice cream tonight? All right, well, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. And, you know, we got to hammer it home until you get the answer right. Because, you know, while Uncle Brandon might be annoying right now, hopefully, you know, five, <laughs> ten years from now, you know, some of these things click for them and they're ahead of the curve. And so the biggest thing, like I said, is education. I am having a bigger focus now on real estate assets um, and real estate development because I'm seeing such an amazing opportunity there. I know obviously the real estate market is in flux, but I'm just talking about the, the industry or the asset class in comparison to other asset classes. It's just I'm seeing a really huge opportunity there. And, and um, I think that that's also something that I can pass down to my children in a different way. And, and the way I got into real estate, actually, right, a, a stock is something that ultimately I can't control, right? Like I can't control what Apple does today. I can't control what Amazon does today. As much as I, I like the companies um, and I think they're doing well, right? Like ultimately I have no control over it, but I can control if we're doing real estate, I can control the color of the carpets. I can control the design of the rooms in our our 40 unit building. I can control the, the colors we paint the walls. I have some control over certain aspects of it. I don't have control over it all, but I have some control. And, and at the end of the day, if we lose there, then I can point the finger at myself. And I feel more comfortable by losing my money that way than, you know, again, yeah. blindly turning an uh, eye to it. So for me, I'm, I'm interested in teaching the, my children about a bunch of asset classes, but uh, specifically the real real estate uh, is something that I'm excited about handing down to them and, and different types of real estate assets. I think of real estate as kind of this fun ability to help educate your kids too, because you can ask those questions about stocks, you can teach them about businesses, but there's something that even a second grader can kind of understand about rental real mm-hmm. estate, that it's like people need a place to yep. live and that it has to be paid for. And this person pays me money to live in this place. It's almost like the most rudimentary personal finance lessons can be learned from real estate and it can become more tactile um, when you're taking the kid to that mm-hmm. house or in my in my case, we used to live in that house. And now we moved to this house, but we rent that house out. And so my kids can kind of see firsthand like, oh, we used to live there. And now it's a roof for somebody else. And so I don't know, it just kind of connects the dots for them in a way I think that's that's really helpful. Completely agree. And that's as much practice as you can get. You know, these are the lessons that I didn't learn growing up. And so for me, it's I'm, I'm cultivating the lessons as I go. You know, we working on children's yeah. books and things of that nature now, right? And, and that was just because we were reading a bunch of books and you know, as much as I love Dr. Seuss, he wasn't teaching my, my children about money. And so um, I'm just trying to find different <laughs> ways only, to introduce money to him earlier. If you know, only he did he had a lot. written a couple of personal finance books too, that would have been really cool. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm one fish, two fish, one dollar, two dollars. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so. <laughs> I can sell you a fish, or I can sell you the lessons on how to fish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. Right. Well, uh, all right. So, last question. Speaking of education, you're also you're an Ivy League professor at your alma mater, the University of Pennsylvania, and you say that this isn't a side hustle. It's just a, it's just a passion. But how do you find time for all your side hustles and passions, and, and just all the all the various pursuits that you take part in? Again, going back to that bio, Matt Red, I feel very lazy as I see all the things that you're <laughs> kind of involved in. I mean, are you just like burning the midnight oil? Like, do, do you actually take time to rest? Like, what is this? How does this look in your life? Yeah, I'm becoming. I'm great at multitasking, is what I'll say. I'm great at multitasking. So, for example, um, if I'm in season if i'm in the cold tub or if i'm in the sauna that for me is a is a meeting time or it's time to send emails right like i just don't take a lot of time off right like i don't take a lot of time to quote unquote shut down and what i mean by um what i meant by i guess it being a passion is you know i've tried genuinely tried uh i think i was with the jets i tried to go into the season and just turn on everything off Everything off the field is just off. Let's just focus all on football. Go 100%. Go all the way in. And my anxiety got to me mm-hmm. because I couldn't deal with, like, not checking on a real estate project or, you know, I'm literally twiddling my thumbs. Like, if I don't <laughs> fill my brain with that type of stuff, then there is nothing else that I necessarily want to put into my brain, right? Like, there's only so many shows on, you know, Netflix that I can watch that <laughs> before I'm like, what am I doing, right? Mm-hmm. That, like, I got to, I, I can listen to a podcast, but I need to go try it. I need to go do it. And so, for me, I, I'm realizing I'm realizing now more than ever that there is no such thing as balance at all. And as much as I try to turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, I'm becoming better at boundaries. Uh, But ultimately, these are just things that I I am passionate about and I have to chase. And so whatever time I can create to to do it is what we're going to take and what we're going to maximize in order to, to make it come to fruition. I like it. Yeah, there's. I think there's there's different seasons in life, different seasons where we pursue things more or or less. But for you, it sounds like yeah, maybe that's just r- around the clock. There's uh, there's this talk radio show host I used to listen to growing up, Brandon, and he would always say that he he turned his personality disorder into a full time job <laughs> that made him a lot of money. And it's wow. so funny, like yeah. how I think that can be the case when you're super passionate about something and it doesn't feel like work, and and you're like I. But I miss it. Like, I, I don't yeah. want to stop doing it. I think that can sometimes be the best of both worlds. Not everybody feels like that. But if you do about your day job or about some of those side hustles and passions that you participate in, I think that can be a recipe for success. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, for me, I've been extremely diligent about separating passion from business. Right. So, like, Everything I work in from a business standpoint is something I'm passionate about. There's nothing that I'm doing at this point that I just don't want to do. I I refuse to do it. But now the business, like the real estate business has to be a real business. It has to pay for itself. There isn't the the bank of Brandon Copeland that's going to fund that business. The properties within it, the investments within it have to fund it. It has to fund the contractors, has to fund everything, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We have a production company. The same thing happens. Like, Like Brandon Copeland, the bank of Brandon can get it started right and invest in ourselves because i see a, an opportunity there but at a certain point like we all like with our children at a certain point you got to grow up it's 18 you you're 18 you got to get out the house buddy i don't know <laughs> what to tell you right like you're on your own right and so for me it's it's i guess just for for the audience as well too it's like being comfortable analyzing 
your passions as you try to monetize them. And for me, I'm in a phase now where it, it's uh, let's cut the fat. What is what is worth the time? What is not worth the time? Where do we see ourselves five years from now? And and so just always constantly being comfortable, being flexible and, and analyzing yourself so that you can continue to progress, I think, is what what we've done a decent job of thus far. And we can always do better. So we're excited about continuing forward. Nice. I love that. Yeah. Always being willing to cut the fat, cutting things from your life. I think that's just a, a great note to, to end on, especially, I mean, you've got a young family, you've got, I know you've got young kids and at a certain point you got to make some decisions. And yes. when we were single, when we were married without kids, uh, when we maybe just had that first kid, there are things that we can c- continue to do. But as you progress through life, not only sometimes do you not want to continue to do those things, but sometimes you just can't. Uh, and so I think that's good advice, regardless of what stage of life that you are in. But Cope, where can folks uh, learn more about you and what it is that you are uh, up to next? Yeah, BrandonCopeland.com. Simply put BrandonCopeland.com. You can also, my social media is bcope51, B-C-O-P-E-5-1. Um, and if you're ever interested in financial education courses or free resources or book lists or anything like that, uh, life101.io. Awesome. Cope, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you. And thank you, Cope, for coming on How to Money. Joel, it's not every day that we get to uh, sit down and talk to a professional athlete, somebody who's been in the NFL. What's he? What, what's the stand for? Not for long. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Which Lionel I'm, Messi. He's been begging to come on, but we're like, listen, dude, pipe down. We got other people to get we, to. We got to talk to Cope first, right. and uh, we'll, we'll get you on the content calendar soon. Now, this was an awesome conversation, and at the, simultaneously. I'll be honest, I was a little nervous as we were going into this episode because it is, you're talking to somebody who's essentially kind of a celebrity, but man, he quickly put me at ease hearing just his background and how it is that he's approaching his personal finances and the lessons he learned from his grandfather. All of these things that made me realize that I've got more in common with an NFL player than I realized. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, what was your big takeaway, I guess, from this episode? My big takeaway was that you have a lot in common with (laughs) NFL players. (laughs) That was it. No, I I think, man, so many things, honestly, just so much down to earth wisdom from Brandon Copeland, which I just massively appreciated. I, I think one thing that stuck out to me was when he said he thought of his NFL salary as startup capital. Oh, and yeah. That was good. It just And it just made me think, one, if an NFL player can live on 10% of his salary, saving 90%, given all the pressures surrounding him to spend more and live a different lifestyle. Like, I don't know. I think part of the reason we spend more oftentimes is because the pressure we feel from the outside, from mm-hmm. the people around us and how they're living. And Brandon avoided it. And I think, like, that's... So much of that is is self-discipline, right, in order to do sure. that. Um, but when we're talking about that startup capital, what if you get like a bonus in your day job? You can think of that as startup capital, seed funding for the mm-hmm. business you want to start yeah. or for an investment account that you want to grow to a certain amount so that you have just a ton of flexibility over what the next five years of your life look like. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes we we incorporate that money into our lives and we just kind of funnel it into our spending. We, we eat it. Yeah. You know, we consume it and it, it's gone and we don't have anything to show, but that's not how he's thinking about that's it. Right. right? And he's those thinking... lump sums in particular for us, oh, which, yeah. you know, let's say it's even just honestly your, your tax refund in April. That is... Is one of those things where you can just kind of assimilate it <laughs> into uh, some sort of big spend, or you can say, you know what? No, this is the seed capital for something bigger for me for my future, and that's the way Cope is thinking like constantly. And, and I think there's a lot to learn from that. I think that's that's there's a lot of wisdom in that. Yeah, that's right. How can I put these dollars to work? Not what can these dollars do to bring me comfort, right, and enjoyment. Although. 
well, you know, he's spending money on memories, whether nice it's vac- tablecloths some- <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> whether it's vacations or birthday parties for kids, that kind of thing. And so there's there's a, simultaneously there's a balance to strike yeah. where you got to prioritize and figure out the why behind your money. He took we didn't we didn't grab onto that, but he was talking about first you got to start oh, with yeah. your why, and I'm just like yes, that's like you're right. preaching to the choir, Cope. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like got to send him our why behind your money episode. That's right, but he he already knows it. <laughs> but you do have to identify those things so that you aren't living this existence that feels like it's devoid of any joy. Yeah. But most often what people are dealing with is spending too much of their money, right? There aren't too many folks out there who are uh, sacrificing too much in order to, to achieve what e- it is Every once in a while after. you find that person, but they're few and far between. Although I will say, I bet out of our listeners, there's a high percentage of folks yeah. who do need maybe another craft beer equivalent <laughs> right. or a craft beer equivalent to begin with. Uh, but my big takeaway was, uh, it's like you'd asked about financial advisors and how there's like all those guys out there who might be trying to get their hands uh, on NFL players' money. But what Cope was saying is that you have worked so hard to get to this point. You have said no to so many things, whether it's to kick back and watch another TV show, whether it's maybe something you shouldn't be eating because you know that that's going to keep you from achieving the physical fitness that you're trying to... Like all of these sacrifices. More sleep. <laughs> more sleep. Uh, you've just sacrificed so much yeah. all along the way. And to get to that point, to start seeing perhaps tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars arrive in your bank account. And then for you just to check out, well, that's a recipe for disaster. And how instead you've said no up to this point, you need to continue to to not necessarily say no, but to maybe be aware as to what is going on with your money. And we've you always s- said that people need at least some education in order to ask the right questions, right? So yeah, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world to hire a financial advisor. It might make sense in your situation, but you don't want to just blindly trust someone to handle your money. Exactly. You want to know yep. what questions to ask. Well, are you a fiduciary? And uh, what what what's your investment strategy? And why should I go with you instead of doing it myself? Like those are all good questions. If you're asking the right questions and you know a thing or two about uh, investing in money management before you go into that relationship, you're much more likely to have a good outcome. That's right. Yeah. Nobody cares about your money as much as you do, yep. like he said. Uh, but yeah, I, th- I thought that was just great advice because even though there's folks out there and they're not raking in millions like some NFL players are, you might get that promotion like you're talking about. Like maybe you do get a bonus. Maybe you are making more money than you ever thought was possible. And there are maybe a number of things that you're just like, you know what? I don't have to worry about that. I've got somebody to to take care of that for me. When it comes to your money, we would always recommend that you have a finger on the pulse of your money, that you know what's going on there. But uh, but yeah, I thought that was great. I also thought this beer was fantastic. Man, you and I enjoyed a Fortunatus. This is an American sour ale by Three Taverns. What were your thoughts? All right, man. This one was sweet, funky oaky and tart like it had mm-hmm. had a bunch of different elements going on and the quadfecta almost like more oaky <laughs> than anything else um, a lot of oak vibes coming forward on this one but but yeah nice touch of funk i love and i it's always hard to describe funk um, some people describe it as like horse blanket or like there's all sorts of weird ways to describe what a funky beer tastes like that don't sound appetizing but then you drink it and you're like oh i get mm-hmm. it it kind of all clicks i love funky beers this one um had like had dialed it up on the funk level, which I appreciate. So I, I thought dialed, it was, I thought it was great. They dialed it up on the sweetness too. Yeah. I was curious if um, if you weren't going to like this one as much. There's a good amount of sugar. Another adjective I would add would be zestiness. Like I feel <laughs> like the, uh, the like you call it tartness, but it's just like to me it's like zesty. It's like. Uh, it's like yellow mustard or something, you know, like, yeah. like, like it's got the sharpness to it. But I feel like it also had a good amount of sweetness, uh, which meant I loved every single drop of this could definitely have enjoyed another one. 
but we are lucky to have this great brewery here in Atlanta. This is Three Taverns. If you can get your hands on any of their beers, we would highly recommend it. And we would also recommend that you head over to the website, howtomoney.com, and we'll make sure to link to all the different resources, some of the different things that Brandon is excited about coming up. And we will link to that up in our show notes at howtomoney.com. Yeah, and if we ever need like a third co-host, I don't know if Cope's not too busy, we can bring him <laughs> on here more frequently. That was, that was a lot of fun. So. Yeah. All right, buddy. But until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.